0: Welcome, everybody, to the Live Your Legacy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Kelly. I believe that we can all make a unique contribution by sharing our gifts with the world and creating a meaningful legacy. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Nate Palmer. Welcome. Thanks for having
1: me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I've been looking forward to it for a while now. I know we've been talking about this, so I've been coming up with all sorts of just like, none of these stories are true, but they're all all prepared ahead of time, so they're going to be good. Yeah,
0: people are here for the story. That's that's what they want to hear. Yeah,
1: they don't want to hear about my life. Right, no. By the time I fought a tiger, like, (laughs)
0: let's go. (laughs) That's got to be a good story. We're definitely going to get to that. So Nate and I met uh, a few years ago and become good friends. He's been an amazing, amazing influence in my life. And uh, I appreciate about you. um, You're a giver and you especially want for other people, like you genuinely want to see other people win and succeed. And uh, you're patient with them in the process, which I appreciate. Um, but you literally um, transform my life with the way I think about wellness and nutrition, and putting habits in place that were manageable for me, and were, were manageable with a a nonstop sort of traveling life. So I'm super grateful for that. So thank you.
1: Thank you. And I uh, one thing that I love about you is that how appreciative you are. Like I know, I, like I, we can sit down at lunch. Like the other day, we went out to lunch with your son and. Like the whole conversation, we were talking about like people that inspired you, people that you look up to and people that uh, you appreciate in your own life. And you're so good at expressing that. And so I, I really enjoy having conversations with you. They're very uplifting. Well, thank you.
0: Yeah, I'm honored that you'd say that. So currently you have a few projects going on, some amazing things that you've created. One of them is uh, uh, the Million Dollar Body. I was rereading the book this weekend as I sat on the beach and I, I keep learning every time I read through it. It's awesome. So uh, tremendous job on that. And now you're hosting the Low Car Puzzle Podcast. That's correct. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that. What inspired the book? And, uh, you know, we'll talk about, uh, we'll go back to really how you got on this journey to begin with.
1: So the book was really inspired by a mutual friend of ours, Jason. Yeah. Because um, there was a time we were, we were meeting, we were doing these, we call them GSD masterminds at the time. Yep. And one day in the parking lot, uh, he pulled me aside or I was talking to him about his like just kind of some weight loss stuff or whatever. He's like, man, I need to lose this weight. And I was like, well, are you going to like exercise or what? He's like, no, I don't have time to exercise. Starting yeah. this new roofing business. And I was like, man, I really appreciate you being so forthright about like that not being something you can commit to. So a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm training for a marathon. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to learn yoga. I'm going to got all these things. And they start trying to do so much. Jason's like, no, I'm not going to exercise. Yeah. Like, okay. He's like, and honestly, it's not even about the, the weight loss for me. He's like, my energy just sucks. I'm drinking two months, like monster energy drinks per day. Yep. And I, when I still get, when I get home at night late, I don't have time or energy for my family. I just feel like I'm completely cashed out. Yeah. So he help me with that first. And then we'll talk about weight loss. whatever I think that's like the
0: busy person or the achievers. Great dilemma it, is you're sort of picking a path that you're going all in on or you're juggling multiple priorities in life. And it changes for us throughout our seasons of life, right? What those are. But you you are so invested in what you're doing or creating or producing or providing or whatever it is that the health and wellness and taking care of yourself gets pushed to the bottom of the schedule.
1: Totally. Yeah. And I think that's that's not uncommon for entrepreneurs. Everyone is going to go do that appointment, sign that contract, get on that sales call and they'll miss their workout board every single time. Yep. 100% of the people I talk to will do that.
0: Yeah, I've done it dozens and dozens of times, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, so I think that like... Not anymore, then. No, now you now 100% every single day. Dialed in. It. Yeah. So Jason basically was like, hey, so I, I work out of my truck. I'm on the road 10 hours a day. I eat out. I eat my lunch out. I'm going to eat out every single day. Yeah. What can you do for me? And I was like, all right, let's put together a plan. So I would written in, um, in 2014, I'd written an article for... Uh, magazine called Breaking Muscle called How to Eat for All-Day Energy. And it was based off of this simple, I don't want to say diet, but like a nutritional framework called carb backloading. Basically putting all of your carbohydrates at the end of the day, eating proteins and fats primarily for your breakfast and lunch. Mm -hmm. And so I just adapted a little bit of that for him. I gave him three or four different restaurant options. He was going to Los Fabs to get some (laughs) some breakfast burritos every day. So I was like, all right, here's what we're going to do instead. So I gave him a couple of different options. So we're like, the next time we met up for two, two times after that, um, I was like, Hey, how's everything going for you? And he's like, Oh man, it's awesome. My energy is way better. I'm not having to crush energy drinks at 3 p.m., 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, I was like, that's so awesome. Like, like what's next for you? He's like, well, actually in the last two months I lost the 28 pounds and Jason's a freak. Right. But, yeah. but also like, I was like that we, we might be onto something here. This is, that is if you are pursuing energy and you're achieving fat loss, like that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of got deeper and deeper into that, coaching my clients through it, walking, you know, probably at that point, I, I probably walked 40 or 50 people through that exact process. Yeah. And I kept getting all the same questions and same like hesitations about that sort of thing. So I just decided to write it up into a book. And this is my second book. My first book was called Passport Fitness, the, no, uh, the no-nonsense guide to staying in shape no matter what city you wake up in. Yeah. Based off of like, how do you travel? How do you work out on the road? That sort of thing. And what I when I went back and looked at that, it's a fine book. It's all right. But It's a good book. I have that book too. That's the first that. one I read. Yeah. But it's tips. It's tips and it's got little life hacks and little travel things and stuff like that. And it's not life-changing. It's not transformative. Mm. So I wanted to write a book that no matter what I do in 10 years, 20 years from now, I'm not in fitness anymore. If I, if I you know go fully down the dolphin training route. Yeah. <laughs> then they're still, still working me. on my corpus. You know? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I want to have a legacy within health and fitness that I could leave behind. Yeah. So I wanted something that someone could pick up in twenty or thirty years and be like, "Wow, this is really great." I'm getting the results from it.
0: That so. is a legacy project, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like encapsulating a system, your thoughts, your your truth, you know, principles that have worked into a book and something that can uh, outlive
1: us. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that. I like writing too. I also think that you know the idea of having a book creates like passive income, right? You no, know, I got I got paid like dollar fifty last month from Amazon, like incredible, I'm balling, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So like all the, all those, for all those reasons. And plus like, like I've written dozens of eBooks and things like that, Yeah. yeah. but actually having something you hold in your hand and like swat a fly with.
0: Yes. Feels different. That was good. Well, and the sun, as it was setting, I was shading my face with it on the beach. So it, it's multi-purpose. You can't effectiveness. do that with eBook. No, you cannot. Absolutely not. So um, talk a little bit about the, nutrition plan because that was a really eye-opening experience for me and i can attest to the fact that what you're teaching does really create those results like there is a significant difference in how your body is operating and how you're feeling in your
1: energy level um, by being really disciplined around this so like the framework goes back to that so I can obviously you can pick up the book uh, get and get the framework if you go to if you go to Amazon, Nate will make $1.50. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be rich. I'll buy Taco Bell. If you go to getNatesbook.com, you can actually just download it for free. Nice. Getnatesbook.com. Yeah. Right. I mean, how the URL.
0: Yeah, it's great URL.
1: Um, that's better than all my other ones. Yeah. That's a yeah, horrible URL. Yeah, it is. Well, I was thinking 20, 2011. Um, but the idea behind this is that most people are not able to process carbs super effectively. And if you are consistently feeding your body carbohydrates, well, let me tell you a story. So, when I was 17, 17th birthday party, one of my friends was being a jackass and he parked his car perpendicular in my driveway. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get him back. So, I went out, got his keys, unlocked his car, put it in neutral. And then I started pushing it back. So, I wanted to push it into the rocks kind of over here and be like, haha, your car's in the rocks. Really funny. Right. But he turned his car so hard getting up that by the time I got out to the front, and I was pushing it. It starts sloping down my driveway, which is on a, a fairly steep hill. And so the car starts moving, and I can't get back into it without dying. So I just watch as my friend's <laughs> silver VW Beetle runs into my other friend's Jeep. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. That's awesome. Yeah. So I had to go back inside and be like, hey, I ruined my birthday. i run out. Yeah. Uh, so I, get a, I have to get a job at this point. So I got to get a job at
0: Albertson. So you immediately acknowledged it. You didn't go around through the side and go into the backyard and be like, what just happened? What was that noise? Did you
1: guys hear that? <laughs> These coyotes out here, man. Why? Dude, did you forget to put your car in park? <laughs> oh my gosh. Dude, it's so embarrassing for you. Why would you do that? Yeah. No, I, I I told him, told their told his parents. That wasn't a fun conversation. Um so I go to get a job. I get a job at Albertson's. I'm 17, not quite able to like have the glorious job of cashier. So I'm bus boy or bag boy. Whatever. Yeah. And one of my jobs was to restock different foods that are like off the shelf. Right. So, so when I go restock milk, what you do is like someone will take the milk from the front. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I don't come back and put new milk in the front and let that old milk just sit in the back. Right. Right. You go around back and you put the new milk in the back. So you're always pulling from the oldest milk first. Yes. So that's kind of how I think about what, how a lot of people deal with carbohydrates. If you're consistently feeding your body carbohydrates, mm-hmm. you're only going to use those carbs. Your body has no incentive to reach into stored fat, stored energy to mm-hmm. pull that out for you. So you need to give your body an incentive to go stock that, stock that milk the correct way rather than just like eating food, burning food, eating food, burning food, which is why most people maintain their weight year-round. And then between Thanksgiving and New Year's, they gain five pounds. And this happens every single year. Right because we just basically maintain we don't know how to burn fat. We don't know how to use our energy appropriately. So the, the whole goal behind this is to teach your body to use your natural mechanisms, your natural biorhythms correctly. So you burn fat when that's appropriate. You burn carbs when that's appropriate. So you're metabolically flexible. So by giving yourself proteins and fats for breakfast and for lunch while you're most active, while you're walking around, you're depleting your glycogen stores. Glycogen is just the way we talk about energy, blood sugar. So it goes in your muscles, it goes in your liver. And once you deplete that or, you know, get close to depleting it, your body is more able to reach into stored fat and use it. So by giving ourselves these cues, we actually get more in line with how we're supposed to be eating anyways. You know, it's all about like, there's so many diet and diets and exercise out there that are force you to like white knuckle and go head to head with your body and really just like abuse yourself mentally to get it done. Right. But this is like, how do we harness what your body already wants to do? How do we just come alongside it? How do we learn like the knobs and switches of your natural, your natural physicality so that you're not having to like go head to head with your body, but you can actually have this symbiotic relationship?
0: Yeah. Well, I've, I've found that um, you kind of get in like a nice rhythm with it. Like very, very quickly, there's not like cravings or, or things like that. Like being, being away from carbs earlier in the day has been a really positive thing in my life. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Love it makes a big difference.
1: And then like I think there's a couple of different things that you can be looking at to just ensure that like if this mechanism is working or if any other diet or whatever you're doing is working is looking at what are your hunger cravings. Like because that's indicative of one of two things. Number one, it's just a sugar craving because you're eating too much sugar and your body just is is asking for it. Because our once we get enough sugar in our gut. Or the I'm sorry, bacteria that feeds off of sugar in our gut. It'll start sending signals to release ghrelin, a hormone, to your brain. And ghrelin is a hunger hormone. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of times at 10.30, at 3.30, at 9 p.m., we're in the fridge, we're looking around, we're like, you know, we lower our standards every single time until like our ninth time. We're like, yeah, I'll have an old piece of cheese and like the heel of a bread. Like, I, I guess I'll eat that. Right. You know, just because we have mis, miscommunicated hunger signals. So hunger signals is one, and your energy. If you're, if you're consistently digesting food, eating, digesting food, or you're out of alignment with your blood sugar, you're going to have these like peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys where you're like, oh man, I am tired. I want to just lay on my desk. I got a good, I got a good night's sleep, but I need a nap right now.
0: That's the afternoon crash. Right?
1: Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, some people even get that at 1030. So if you just kind of pay attention to those two, those two, like, like cues from your body, if you can, if you can figure out what your body is trying to tell you with those, you can start seeing is this particular framework or diet or whatever I'm doing actually working by eliminating those.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and we've uh, we've done some fun stuff together. Like I know you have a sugar detox, so we've done that program together. It's a little challenging at first, but it's cool, and you feel so
1: energized when you're off that.
0: And it's fairly quick. Yeah, five days. Yeah. Shout
1: out the FreesugarDetox.com. You want that?
0: There you go. Go hit it. FreesugarDetox.com. I got some great URLs. Yeah, you do. Well, they're easy to remember. That's a good thing. Yeah, I love it. Simplicity, right? Complexity kills. Yeah, I love that. Talk a little bit about um, how you originally got into just fitness and wellness and how this became such a passion for you. Um,
1: when I was like 11 or 12, my parents were going through a pretty messy divorce. And um, I was one afternoon, I was kind of home by myself. Or one morning, I was home by myself. My mom was dropping my sisters off at school. at mm-hmm. And someone knocked on the front door and I didn't answer it. And he came around the back and I, I was like, I don't know who that person is. And then he broke a window and I was like, I definitely don't know who that person is. And so he came in my back door and I just got super scared, ran, grabbed a steak knife from the knife block in the kitchen. And then I went to my bedroom, shut the door. had one of those little rinky dink locks on it. Like, whoop. then I caught under my bed and hit it with the steak knife. While he walked down like my all wood hallway and banged on my, my bedroom door. And I was like, peeing my pants. Did he know you were in there? there? Like, I think so. I'm not. There's no way for that door to be locked if someone, if everyone's out of the house. Yeah, sure. So, also, I wonder why he knocked. I have no idea. What a terrifying experience! Yeah, I was super freaked out. So I like between everything that was going on uh, with my like my family stuff and then with this, I was like, I don't ever want to feel powerless again. Yeah, I don't ever want to be. I feel like my autonomy is stripped. And I don't know, if I would definitely not put those in those words as a twelve-year-old. But I just I realized that if I looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I had neck tattoos, nobody could ever hurt me again. And I think that's that's where a lot of this came from. It was in, you know insecurity and being unhappy with who I was. And I think whether you're like on the side of where you feel like scrawny and weak, or you feel like you're heavy and overweight, like we all come at this from a place of like d- desire to eliminate pain in our life. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to like escape the fear. And so I think that like, even in gym culture, you see a lot of guys who are just hulked out skinny tank tops and so fucking mad at people and the world yeah. because they're in so much pain and they've never, and they've never found a good outlet for that. So they keep going harder and harder and harder on these things, but it's not But like wherever you go, there you are. So if you don't deal with who you are, it doesn't matter how much muscle you have yeah. or how great your beard is you're still yeah. going to be that scared little kid inside. So
0: so true. It's amazing how we see that manifest in the world too, isn't it? Like the emotional well-being is really driving so many other things. Like energy level, interpersonal reactions, mm-hmm. probably body composition. How much do you feel like exercise and and really being physically fit is influencing mental health?
1: Oh my gosh, like I, I don't think I can encapsulate it into like a single sentence. I think it's, I think it's so important. And like, I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, you have anxiety, you have depression. Why don't you try working out? That'll fix it. Cause I know there's a lot more nuance to it than that. But I think that there's also a lot more nuance to the state of getting physically fit. I know I didn't say being physically fit mm-hmm. because I think that like when I was, when I was again, like 13 or 14, a doctor told me or told my mom that basically I was an exercise non-responder and I would never have muscles. I would never be able to, to gain any size. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So fast forward 22 years, it got you, you know? Right. So, but like the process of, of working out and training for me was not that much. It wasn't like fun and easy. I feel like a lot of people, you know, look at a dumbbell and start to gain weight. Our friend Joe. Yeah. Joe is just like, just yoked out of his mind. But I just felt like it was everything that took me two or three or four times as long as other people that I saw doing the same things, even the same way. And I think that by trying and failing and then trying again and keeping going and like developed this kind of insatiable confidence where I feel like it doesn't matter what I want to do. I'm going to accomplish it. I know I'm going to, uh, it'll might take me twice as long and that's okay. Yeah. But I, I have this like idea about myself and my, like my own Way I view myself is like I have a really, really high self confidence, self self efficacy, because I have seen myself accomplish things over time. So I think that like the reason I consider fitness and nutrition kind of a a cornerstone piece of like just kind of total well being, but like mental health as well, is that by developing that confidence, developing that discipline, and developing those skills. At the end of the day, no matter if you have a six pack and you're shredded or you're still like, like, like a long, long way to go, you're going to feel so much more confident in your ability to accomplish and get past those, those hurdles that get thrown in your life.
0: Mm -hmm. It's really, it's really the discipline too, that fuels the other two, isn't it? Like that fuels the skills and the better that you get at something and the more consistent you get through discipline. Now your confidence Cause you're really fulfilling your own self-confidence by like, I can do hard things. I can do hard things. I can do hard things. I can push through some temporary pain or discomfort or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's like it being a, like allowing yourself to embrace the monotony, like mastering the mundane of the day in and day out of eating boring foods or doing the same exercise at the gym. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you can do that because like you can't build discipline without repetition, you can't build anything without repetition. Yeah, and So you got to get those reps in. And then once you get to the point where you're like, okay, the reps are on autopilot. I'm just doing this because I know that I that, because this is what I do. That like you know because it's not it's not this fast. you Eat one salad, you get a six pack. You don't do one workout and start have biceps. Yeah, it takes time yeah. and energy and effort. So if you can put those reps in and start again, like not thinking about your your nutrition as a way of like I'm going to lose so much fat, but like how do I build my energy and not thinking about your your training as like how do I get skinny? But how do I build my discipline? How do I become like a hard motherfucker that can, that can do this day in and day out, even when it's not that much fun. Yeah. because like, my life is extremely comfortable. I don't have to do anything. Like right. if I, if I didn't want to, like, I would, I don't really have to push myself in any regard. Like I have running water. I got a house, I got a car. Like I have, I have all these amenities provided for myself. So like, if I don't, find ways to get out of my comfort zone and push through and like something that's difficult or that doesn't feel that good. Like then there's, there's, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to have that difficulty in my life until, until life is like, Hey, I got something for you. Right. You know, so kind of manufacturing that, that difficulty is crucial to self-esteem and self-confidence.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Well, because you're kind of exercising that self-confidence muscle, you're exercising the, perseverance through adversity, like, you know, ability in your body. And uh, I feel really short sitting next to you today.
1: Well, you have a, your chair chair about six inches lower.
0: I know you're taller than me, but, oh, look, that's better. Oh yeah. Look, wait, that's way better. What I I was going to say though, actually was it's really encouraging, like sitting next to you. Not everybody will see this on video. Most people hear it on audio, but um, Nate's pretty jacked. I mean, he's got like veins in his arms, like, you know, it's like, you know, he's like sitting here interviewing an Adonis and he's like, Yeah, I've failed at fitness programs. I'm like, Really? That's kind of encouraging to me. So, yeah. in a weird way, yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: But I, I tell people all the time, like, I'm, I'm nothing special. I can get most people to kind of get in the similar shape as me in two years. And it took me 17 of training pretty much nonstop to get So, there. you can
0: accelerate the trial and error of your 17 years yeah. of growth.
1: So I think that I also was operating at a bit of a deficit. So like not not all these little things worked for me. So I had to find all like the workarounds and like the the fixes and the changes and the tweaks and stuff like that. So you know how you ever try to be tutored by like at math by someone who's really good at math? Yeah, they don't understand you, right? And they're like, they're just like you just act, you just do those things, and you're like, wait, how do you? What do you do there? And They're like, you just do it. Yeah, you know they're doing it in their head. Yeah, you're, so, you're
0: pulling out your TI like. <laughs>
1: So I feel like yeah. you know, most trainers are like that. Most trainers got picked first for dodgeball. You know what I mean? Right. Like everyone, right. everyone you see at, at Gold's gym, they were good at physical education in high school. Yeah. I was not. So I've had to like do a lot of different things that that have like enabled me to be a better coach because I was so crummy at this stuff to start. Yeah. I think that I think that's so admirable of you though. And I think you discovered your passion through this,
0: this process, because I know that you're passionate about it, but the idea that you weren't good at it and you weren't initially like somebody that was really into fitness or nutrition or any of that stuff. And that you, I I think that that your 17 year journey is what specially equips you to be able to adapt to different individuals. Like you mentioned Jason and you've done certain things for me and like, well, here's how we're going to do this. And this is what I think is right for you right now. And this is what I don't think would be good for you right now. And you're like really, really skilled at that. Uh, which comes from the 17 years of of what and you error. Went through, trial and error. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah I think it's really sense. cool. Yeah. Well, and now the results are evident of, of your work. Um, and just to your point, like to be able to accelerate that for somebody that's like, I am really passionate about making this commitment. I'm going to take on my wellness. I want to develop a certain physique or certain confidence or certain consistency for years, as my coach talks about, which I know you're into as well.
1: How many workouts
0: have you missed over those
1: 17 years? By the way, um, I don't know how many. Um, I was pretty streaky when I was when I was younger. But I told you the other day at lunch that I have not missed a workout since November 11th, 2015. So that's I'm on a, I'm on a pretty strong seven year streak right now. Yep, yeah, about to get to
0: seven years. That's pretty amazing. Closing in November November 11th. That's awesome. I love that you know the date.
1: I remember it, and I don't because I, I don't. I didn't want to like. I felt really bad about it because I felt like, and then you know what? No one cared. No, like no one gave a shit, but I, but I knew, I knew, and I just didn't like how that made me feel about myself.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, that, that, like, I, I remember that date, but the most, like the proudest I am of that is that while we were, my wife and I were traveling through South America. So we were 13 months, we were in and out of hostels, staying in people's houses, working on pig farms. I worked as a, a tour guide in the Panama Canal, worked in an after school program in Peru had all these different experiences and, and places and times and different things. I didn't miss a workout the entire, the entire 13 months we're traveling. That's really incredible, actually. It was really annoying. Yeah. A lot of TRX workouts got really burned out. How did you adapt your workout on the Big Fun? <laughs> well, they, they had a beam in, the, in, the, in like the butcher house. They had a beam that I set my TRX up on and I did it on the floor. And so sometimes the dog, the big dog man, he would come in. He was like this 140 pound lab pit bull mix or lab, uh, Mastiff mix. Yeah. And he'd come in and lay on me. While I was trying to do a plank just what you needed yeah. An extra
0: tests of endurance. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. Talk a little bit about the, uh, the podcast that you're doing now, how all that came together and uh, what you're learning from that experience.
1: So I started a podcast in 2018 called the Million Dollar body podcast and, you know, based off of a book, you know, right. And it was, it was good. I liked doing it. But what I found is that like, I was just kind of doing it, going through the motions. Like, and I know that's, that's not ideal in a lot of ways, but I knew that if I, I put out an episode every single week from, from December two thousand eighteen until I like, stopped, I think in March. But, but I was like, yeah, I was trying to be consistent. Cause I knew that, like, I knew that the like, good things happened at the end of consistency. I wasn't sure what it was going to be, but like, I knew that like, if I kept going, if I kept trying, something was going to happen. So yeah. what ended up happening was I was trying to get on other people's shows in order to like public, like talk about the book and the show. Sure. And so one of my friends who I was on her show, I was like, she was like, you should be on my friend Adam's show called a uh, low carb hustle. And I was like, uh, I hit him up and I was like, Hey, can I be on your show? And he was like, I'm actually looking to either sell the podcast or, you know, give it to someone else. And yeah. I was like, well, I didn't come here to buy a podcast, but tell me more about that. And so we talked about like numbers and what it was and what it looked like. and, He'd had a much bigger show. It was much more professional. He was doing a really like, a really nice job with it, intros and outros, had some sponsors. But just like doing, we're just playing at a at a higher level. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds that sounds kind of like the thing I need to do to put myself in a tougher spot mm-hmm. to like level up my game. Yeah. You know? I'm a big fan of putting yourself in those in the uncomfortable positions and forcing yourself to level up. That accelerates growth too. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling that pressure, right? Yeah. And I I love the pressure. Like, I mean, I don't, I hate the pressure, but also like I, I always do better when there's more pressure.
0: Yeah. Well, I also believe we have more capacity. You're right. Right. So we're like, like you said, we're comfortable. I'm kind of comfortable in this routine. I'm kind of comfortable in this lifestyle. I'm kind of comfortable in my role, whatever that might be in life. I'm comfortable there. And so then when we take on something new that sometimes scares the shit out of us, yeah. I get really uncomfortable. All of a sudden, we're like, wow, I had way more capacity than I thought I did. (laughs) Totally.
1: Yeah. I think the Navy SEALs say that, like, when you feel like you're done, they're talking about physical exercise, you're about 40%. That's crazy. I know, isn't it? And I think that, like, sometimes I can hold on for like 10 seconds, but I'm like, 40%. You talking about, I got to go another, like, four and a half minutes now? No way. Yeah. You know, but I think that there's there's definitely some truth there. It's like the David Goggins mindset. Yeah. 100%. Is he a SEAL or is he a Ranger? He was a SEAL. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's crazy. Yes. He's like, I'm going to run an ultra marathon, but first, I'm going to pour all this sand in my shoes. And I'm not going to bring anything but broken glass to eat. Like, <laughs> You could have planned a little better, bro. Just a cursory Google search for you some electrolytes. Come on, man. Right. <laughs> He's like, I'm going go to go until my feet are bleeding. I don't care. No water. I'm like, ah, okay. It seems like a little bit extreme for me, but all right. Yeah.
0: And a high probability of death. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> is side product, byproduct.
1: So. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I was like, "All right, I'll, let's let's do it. Let me buy the podcast, whatever else." He gave me a number, and I'm a skilled negotiator. And i do to know this about me. So I was like, "All right, I see your number. But how about I pay you more money than you said?" and he use of podcast coaching? Because the guy was leaving to pursue being a full time podcaster at his show called Podcasting Business School. Okay. It was Adam Shively, awesome dude, super super cool. So he agreed to to coach me up on like how to run a good podcast. get like. How do I accelerate? How do I accelerate? How do I not suck at this? Yeah. And he just so got a
0: master's degree in podcasting as part of your negotiation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So, like, that was the best thing I, I had done. He helped me out so much putting together like great formats, good systems in place. So now I have like I'm a, I'm a pretty repeatable system that's been killing it for me. I get a little bit better every episode. I spent a lot more time now doing research and planning my episodes than I than I did previously. So I think the quality of the show is better. Yeah. But we are about to re- release our hundredth episode coming up, and so I took over at episode forty. Okay. So we put out sixty episodes in the past six months or that's so. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Two days. It's, it's been fun, and then uh, in August we hit twenty thousand downloads for the show, and in just one month. And my previous in my previous show, I did thirteen thousand downloads in three years. Okay. Yeah. So that's
0: substantial growth. Yeah. Yeah, we're still on a trajectory toward that. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, the only, the only thing you can do to, to eliminate that trajectory is quit. That's right. No, 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 no. So here's a fun fact about podcasts is, I just was reading some articles about it, but there's 4.4 million podcasts out there, right? But of all the podcasts that have more than 10 episodes mm-hmm. and have released at least one episode in the past month, guess how many of that 4.4 million there are?
0: Oh, Gosh, I don't know. One percent. Oh, I don't
1: know. I don't know how math works. I was going to say one hundred and fifty thousand. Okay. So if you've done more than four, uh, more than ten episodes, yeah. you are in like the upper echelon of podcasters. You're in the top five percent podcasters.
0: Well, yeah. So we can put that out there. We are in the top top five percent. Absolutely. Heck yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad you shared that with
1: me. Yeah, that's a fun fact. So I feel like that's like that's super encouraging. You know, you kind of like you're starting off. As long as you pass that ten, you're better than everybody else. Yeah. I think this is actually episode twenty for us. Let's go! Yeah,
0: so double the ten. Yeah, yeah, not that bad either. Oh no, we're going to keep going. This is going to be a memorable one, though. I hope yeah. so. What are you learning through um, through the podcast? You mentioned learning to be a better podcaster. You talked about that a little bit. What else are you learning through that experience?
1: Um, I've been doing uh, like so. I release an episode on Wednesdays. That's a little bit more in depth. We go over a specific topic, answer a question like about. You know, like we talk about insulin resistance, or we were this week we're releasing one about like four excuses that keep people mentally soft and and keep them away from their goals. Uh, I do like I'll do expert interviews on this on that episode, mm-hmm. and that's been a lot of fun. But um, what the like a really fun thing has been the Friday episodes where I'm releasing what's called Ask the Trainer. So every every week I'll get on a call with someone, and they'll be like, "Hey, I'm struggling with sugar addiction," or. Uh, how do I get in shape when I only have 20 minutes a day or how much cardio should I do from over 40? And just ask me a single question and we dive really deep on their question. Mm -hmm. And it's so fun to like get on the air with real people, record a podcast, someone who's maybe never been on a show before. Oh yeah. And like, and just kind of like see if someone can stop me. I love it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So that's, that's been a lot of fun. So
0: you don't even know what's coming then when you do that, that's live Yeah, from the hip. Yeah. And it's like whatever they throw out there, you've got to be ready to roll. Yeah.
1: I had one. I've only had one that was like, I do not know the answer to that question. Yeah. But a guy was just, it came on and just t- dropped. He's like, he's just trying to go through all of his supplements with me at the same time. And I was like, I, I'll look it up later, but I don't know about, I don't know about all that. Yeah. That would be hard about something that specific because yeah. that's so individualized. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what is more um, stressful, stump the trainer or stand up comedy?
1: Stand up comedy, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I I have a back, I have so many years and so much reading and so much, like, knowledge and so many, like, um, masterminds and different things that I've gone to for fitness. I've just, I've learned so much about it. So I have a huge breadth of knowledge to pull from from there. Uh, Stand up comedy is terrifying. Yeah. And I don't know if it gets easier or not, but. It, like that's been one of the most challenging things I've done. Again, putting, your, putting myself in a situation where I was like, okay. I, th- I think don't there's suck. a high
0: rate of uh, substance consumption in the world of stand up comedy, maybe for that reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's I was like, I was like
1: four uh, white claws deep, when I, I did mine. And what's your favorite joke? Um, four white claws. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite joke that I told last time was <laughs> I'm not like, I don't do one liners or whatever. I just, like, I don't, that's not when my brain really works. Where yeah. I'm not like, you guys heard about this? It's more like that. You know, like, it's like, I don't, I just don't know how to write that joke. Yeah. So all my jokes are stories about stuff. So I told a story about how, um, when I was growing up, I wanted to be in karate really bad because you know, of all the things I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And plus it was, I was a child in the nineties, you know, you watch Karate Kid, you're like, wax on, wax off, let's go. Let's go. So my mom was like, all right, we'll put you in clogging instead. She told me it was Irish martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> and I believed her. So whenever I'd um, see someone like driving up slow on the uh, behind you like a van, I'm getting the mail or whatever. Yeah, I just start clogging at them, <laughs> watch them, look them in the eyes, and start clogging on the sidewalk. I just drive by. i like, he works every time.
0: <laughs> They're like, that guy's a stray from Riverdance. <laughs> yeah.
1: Get him yeah. back to
0: his troop. <laughs> <laughs> They're
1: like, why does he got those fancy shoes on? <laughs> uh,
0: that's awesome. Uh, that's
1: fantastic. It, then it came at great personal expense, so yeah, because I literally did clogging as a as a twelve year old who wanted to do karate, yeah, is that one of the things that made you the most popular? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's a fun. Here's a fun fact about me is that I was homeschooled. I don't know if you can tell from the way I am, but I was homeschooled up until sixth grade, but not the beginning of sixth grade, the middle of sixth grade. So when everyone had already done all their clicks and started got like got into friend groups, parents were like, You've been homeschooled, you don't know how to do social stuff. Why don't you go to school now? And so that was horrible. Oh yeah, I could imagine <laughs> that would be,
0: that would be yeah. terrifying as stand up comedy, i think. Yeah, but every day. Every, every day. single day. Yeah. Oh, repetition.
1: Yeah. I block most of it out though, so I'm fine. Yeah. I'm yeah. not I am not compensating for anything, Eric. Why would you say that? Yeah. Well, the years of therapy I mean, <laughs> paying off. <kind> yeah. of. <laughs> I'm counting on the that kicking in soon. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny. That's
0: funny. So uh, what kind of lights you up about your work and what you're doing
1: now? Uh, I love, I love the creative process. I love making different reels about either like the guests that come on the podcast or educational things to help, help my audience out or just like funny, dumb shit. I just love, I just love like silly memes. Yeah. I know that's like the simplistic, like most like, like juvenile thing, but I just love it. It's, it, it makes me so happy. Like taking a, like a funny video and adding a caption on it or doing something like that. That makes me like, I just love it. That stuff never gets old though. And it's good to laugh every day. It is. It's just good. Yeah. Um, I love, I love, obviously I love moving, exercise, working out. Went on a 15 mile bike ride yesterday at the canal. Just, just great to be outside breathing. Yeah. And I, you know, I like my family. They're good too. Yeah. They're okay, beautiful family. Uh, my, my, I have a four-year-old and a one and a half year old, and they're both at such fun ages right now. Like they're the they're like the silliest people. Rena, Rena, my daughter, today, because she has gymnastics on Mondays. Yeah. And she goes, she runs out of a room, she goes, I will never do gymnastics. And my wife and I are like, oh, here we go. And she goes, I will only do fighting gymnastics. And then proceeds to like punch the air a bunch of times. And I was like, we're like, who are you? Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm guessing yeah. part of the gene pool. Yeah, I come by it naturally. <laughs> so, so they're great. I like, you
1: know,
0: um, yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. How big of a driver is that in
1: your life in terms of how you structure your life and your schedule and your time and your personal priorities? It's definitely a bigger drive. I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, like I do this work for my family. I don't necessarily think about it like that. I tried to for a little bit, but um, when I came down to it, like, my family doesn't care how much money I make, really. Now, as long as I'm making enough to support them, it's like there's not a huge difference in our lifestyle if I double my income. We probably live in the same house. We probably drive the same cars. We probably do all the same things. So that made me really reconsider like, okay, well, if I do have a job that's a little more flexible, how should I like use it in a way that's going to serve my family the best? So what I've been trying to do is be done at work on at twelve on Fridays and be done at work at uh, four p.m. Be home by four p.m. All of the days. Yeah. So it doesn't always happen, but it's been it's been great to have the flexibility to get home kind of like as the kids wake up from naps mm-hmm. and then just kick with them in the afternoons. So, like my dad was always home at six thirty seven after after he's a real estate agent. Yeah. Long day of work. You know, you like you didn't really get to see him. Saw him on Saturdays a little bit. So I just wanted to I be. be honest,
0: most real estate
1: agents don't work that hard. <laughs> so I'm just teasing. I don't know. I mean. So. It was before the internet, so I don't know what he was doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> I never know what it is up to. Listening books. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I went to the office sometimes. He was like, he was all like that, that real button up. He wore a suit every day. Yeah, Throw a Cadillac. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I don't know what he was doing. Yeah, that was the old school business model, probably. Yeah, that was it. Did You wear a suit? Yeah, that's. Uh, just, uh, I wore a suit in my corporate life. Okay, and and I remember when I got into real estate. And i have had kind of a transitional time between corporate. I'd done a little consulting or whatever. And I was like, real estate's the thing for me. Because I had kids at home. And I'm like, I don't want to fly 100,000 miles a year anymore in a corporate job. And uh, I went on my first listing appointment. And it was this little house that was, I don't know, we were probably going to list for $150,000, say. And I show up in my blue suit and my yellow power tie and my tightly pressed shirt. And these people were like, whoa, dude, like what planet are you from? It was too much for them, you know? So after that, I kind of toned it down. And I'm like, I'm always going to dress professional, but, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna keep it a little bit more comfortable. Did you make the sale? Uh, that one, I did not. I did not get that listing. Yeah. Wow. Failed right out of the shoot. <laughs> and crashed and burned.
1: Sorry. valuable right. lesson learned.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Don't wear a suit to a listing appointment
1: like that. Takes so. my
0: age on Dave Matthews play one. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's funny. So, um, you talked about uh, m- like making more money and things like that. But one of the things that I really respect about you, like you, you have really followed what seems like an intentional plan. Like when you wanted to travel, you guys spent time traveling for an extended period of time and really seeing the world and experiencing the world and were willing to sacrifice probably some comforts and conveniences and things like that to do that. And I still see you manifesting that in your life today, even though you're highly successful now. And you're like, I probably could do more. And I also prioritize things like being able to take a 15-mile bike ride. Yeah. So what does that mean to you to have the ability in the space and to be able to do that?
1: Well, I mean, this summer we were able to to spend five weeks in Puerto Rico with the family, which was like an amazing experience. So what was great was that like, Rather, I didn't have to like quit my job or take PTO. I just like put all my promotions and all the extra stuff kind of on the back burner. Worked really hard leading up to it. Yeah, Uh had all my podcast episodes booked out the entire time. Like everything was ready to go. So all I had to do was kind of maintain my clients, write my programming, and that you know ended up taking not that much time. I kind of do it during kids' naps or on weekends. Yeah. So we got to spend all this great time together in a like in a in a space where. You know, the kids were outside of their comfort zones. We were at the beach all the time doing different things. It was just so fun uh, and so nice to have the flexibility to be able to do that. But I think my wife and I have always been really intentional about like, about planning what our lives wanted, like what we want our lives to look like. Yeah. And in terms of like, do we want to buy a house? Do we want to travel? Do we want to like get out of town in, in the summers? Because she gets summer grumps. Uh, it's a real thing. It's very serious. Uh, I believe it. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Yeah. We got to come with this next time. Yeah, I will. Got a great spot. Well, Puerto Rico is not a good uh, spot right now. It's very wet.
0: Yeah, very wet right yeah. now.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's been so nice to be able to be kind of the like the CEO so where I could promote myself to author for a time. Or now I'm podcast host. Or you know now I'm cutting back a little bit more. Now I'm going to do a promo. Now I'm going to do these other things. So just having the like the flexibility and autonomy to to create the... A life that I love, as well as a job that I really enjoy doing on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, I think that's so cool. I, I really think that both and uh, philosophy is so powerful. And there's more and more people that are that are closer around me that I see really doing an effective job of that, which I think is awesome. And because it's a little bit of a departure from the achievement-driven, more and more and more societal programming that a lot of us see out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that you can be a high performance person and create a very comfortable lifestyle for yourself and be able to step away and create memories and have experiences
1: and and do things that are personal priorities to you. 100%. I was doing a bit of business coaching. So I I was working with a a coach named Dave Smith, the Online Trainer Federation. So I went through his program. I get coaching. I love spending money on coaching. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. Just help just help me be better. It's my it's my number one thing. And then, so worked with him for a while. And then he hired me on to coach his coaches. So for about two, two, three years, I was doing all this like business coaching. And so for a time, I did get caught up in that because it was always like, okay, how do you make 10K a month? Okay, now you have 10K, how do you get 25K a month? How do we get to 50K a month? How do we get to 100K a month? How do you do get to like, you know? And so hearing that rhetoric all the time, I kind of got it caught up in it to the point where I was like, got to keep going, got to keep going, like double it up, double it up. I got to hire someone, I got to do all these things. And then I like sat down with my wife and I was like, like what do we want this to, to look like? like? How do we want this to shape out in like the next few years? And I just kind of decided like that, like building a gigantic business that's doing $100,000 a month. And yeah. especially at least in this capacity or like the way I'm doing like, the coaching yeah. is not necessarily doesn't serve me and my family, right? And maybe it will in the future. Maybe I'll you know, find a really great hire and you some bring another coach on. But right now, that's not like the goal. And I got so caught up in it because that was what we talked about all the time. Right? It was financial success, the next milestone, the next milestone. So, so much though, that like, I never even took the time to like, really appreciate the fact that like, in 2016, we moved back from South America, landed here, no house, no cars, no jobs, no nothing. And kind of how to reinvent ourselves. And so at that time, all I wanted to do was like create a business that could sustain the family. Right. And so I had done that many times over, but never even like took a second to realize that, you know?
0: I love that your thought process was, I've got to create a business to support the family and not, okay, I better go find a job.
1: Right? I'm pretty unemployable. Yeah. I might get a face tattoo just to cement that. (laughs) I worked at a corporate job for three months um, after quitting my first training job. And I was like, this is this is uh, soul soul sucking. This is going to destroy me. Yeah. I read 28 books in three months, though, on the on the computer when I should have been making outbound calls. Bad employee.
0: <laughs> you didn't get employee of the month there, did you?
1: No. 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 <laughs> there was also a place that had the rules just for rules' sake. You had a like you had to punch out to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And it gave you a two minute countdown. Oh. Wow. I was like, I don't. I don't know okay. if i want me to tell you that that's not gonna that's not gonna work for me or just just not show back up for a while, but it's not happening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is kind of a rule for rules
1: sake. Rule for rules sake, I cannot do that. No. I, I do I can do i I'm a good rule follower if there's a good reason, but man, if there's a rule just for the just for the sake of having a rule, yeah, I get all cagey. I start, yeah. I start becoming rebellious. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's we
0: kind of it the same way. That <laughs> I get that. What brings you the most fulfillment?
1: I mean, honestly, like, yes, it's nice to make money. Yes, it's nice to like, hang out with my family. But I think one of the things that really lights me up um, is, like you, you mentioned earlier, and I appreciate you saying this, was seeing other people win. Yeah. I just love seeing my homeboys kill it. Like, I love seeing you. I love seeing Nikki T, Jason and Terrence. I love seeing people get after it and succeed. And like I feel like there's a lot I know a lot of people who are who are doing that in business, but just absolutely being like, yes, just go off, get some. Yeah. And I also love seeing people do it in their fitness. It's not so much like I love seeing people lose weight and that's fantastic. But people have that realization, that aha moment where they're like, Oh, this isn't really a diet. This is just kind of how I eat now. And they can just like maintain and self sustain the physique that they want. Like that like that brings me so much joy. Yeah. So that's like, I think that's my favorite thing. I and mean, I used to be a really competitive person to the point where I would like be like, I would really compare myself with someone else who's winning. Right. And be like, wow, oh. you know. But my dad had an interesting quote when I, was, when I was growing up. He said, if one man could do it, so can you. Yeah, there's a blueprint. Yeah. And so when I see people winning, it's not so much like, oh, wow. Why, like, why did they get to do that? I'm like, I saw the work that they put in. I saw the grinding they did behind the scenes. I saw the sleepless nights. I saw all that work. Uh, and if I want to go do that work, I know now who to go talk to about it. Yeah. But honestly, it's just like, it's just fantastic to be a, I, And I'm super, super blessed. I have a ton of incredible people in my life. I like, am. I'm really gullible. I don't know if you know that or not, but I know so many people who are very, very wise, intelligent and have a lot of experience. So I just tend to take people's word for stuff because yeah. all my friends are epic. And so I love seeing those, like so, seeing people win. And I love hearing that like that, those stories.
0: Well, I think they're, um, I think they're very transparent in that too. And I think in the world that we live in, it is so fueled by social media, which is primarily everybody's highlight reel. Right. And the thing that I appreciate about a number of the people, you know, that you mentioned that we're connected with, and just for anybody listening, like getting around the right people, like you mentioned paying for coaching, Mm -hmm. find somebody that you respect and admire and you align with. you know, ideals or principles or things like that, or that you want to mirror what they've had and learn from them and and make an investment in yourself, you know, participate in that. Start small if you need to start small. I mean, I've made small investments. I've been to free stuff. I've made some really sizable investments in coaching too. And, you know, I still do to this day uh, because I know there's always more work to do and there's more to learn. And you can really, if you have that blueprint and someone that will give you open and honest and candid feedback, it's such an accelerator to where you want to get to. You can get there so much faster, so much easier. Avoid a lot of the pain, the losses, the setbacks. It just gets you there quicker. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you're just you're, you're paying for skills and you're investing yourself. Yeah. You know, you can't lose that if the Dow tanks, you know? Yeah. It's not, it's not like an NFT, which, by the way, are those still a thing? I don't even know. Uh, not my space. Oh, uh, No, me neither. And I feel smart. Because I, I was like, those are stupid. Those, are not, those, will never work. And then, I don't think they're a thing anymore. I don't know. I, I could be completely wrong though. So, well, and you and I were chatting
0: just before the show, and uh, we were talking about wardrobe. You know, going all black. Uh, I was, I was, I was lamenting to you how like I don't even like to make decisions about dinner. You know, like I, I like to be around people that that want to do that, that you know, that like that, and uh, or keep it simple. You know, which is a plan. Following a specific plan makes it easy. So there's not even making those decisions. It's just follow the plan, do it over and over and over and mm-hmm. over again. And you've certainly done that with your program because it's it's very straightforward, it's not complicated. And you're like, if you do these things, you'll get these results. If you do them long enough and consistently enough. And you don't know, stray from the plan.
1: Yeah. And I think that like it's not a very sexy way of looking at stuff. A lot of people want that the supplement that's gonna strip off the 20 pounds of fat today or tomorrow, right? Yeah. But it also doesn't serve them long term. So I feel like I've I've kind of let go of that a bit, and I've embraced unsexy marketing. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, if you do this for a really long time, you're going to get great results. And if you do it for a short time, you're probably not going to get it results. That's right. So, but I'd rather be honest. We talked about that earlier. Like, I want to. Just, I want to be honest with people. I don't. I want to be able to tell the truth. Yeah. I don't like being in situations where I feel compelled to say things that are not true. And so I'll often, I'd rather put my foot in my mouth than than like play the game. Yeah. So I say a lot of stupid stuff for that reason.
0: Yeah, that's okay, though. I mean, I think it's somewhat disruptive to people sometimes, but it also gets their attention and, and makes you real and authentic. It's not what everybody else is saying. Most of the other people in a space like this or you know, even a lot of training environments, things like
1: that, it's largely a sales pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, by the way, for only three easy payments... <laughs> of 39 It's uh,
0: so funny. Wait, wait, you get there. Yeah. Wait for the plug. Wait yeah. for the shameless plug.
1: And act right now. Yeah. And we'll throw in a blender from thrift store from Goodwill. Yeah. Oh, I'll throw hey, it used right Use blender. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's small. It doesn't really work. Yeah. If you shake it, it works. That's why it's good Goodwill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a shaker
0: cup with a cover. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, uh, what do you think is next for you?
1: Um. Well, so speaking of some of those guys we just we just mentioned, yeah, we are going to be partnering on the Menace Fit brand. So M Fit. So we're going to start working on the, the M100 Challenge, 100 days, basically 10 pages of a motivational text, gallon of water, eat clean, no sugar, no alcohol, one workout per day, post a video on social media every day. So it's great. Like it's a great way for business owners to challenge themselves, and be accountable, and get a community. Yeah. So we're going to be building out an app. And I got a couple supplements lined up that I'm working on right now. So we're going to launch all these at the Menace Convention or Menace Con. I'm super excited about
0: that. Yeah, I'm too. I'll be a poster child. All right. You know, I was the first 100-day guy, right? You were. Yeah. Brought it back. Yeah. I didn't Turn post it. A, I didn't post a video on social media. So the, the components and, and what, what you guys are building out now, a couple different nuances to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I did to start 46? 264 days. All right. Yeah. That's work. It was good. I like the streets too, but it's in continuing it. Like one of the things that I've learned is when you build that kind of momentum, uh, you can hit, not maybe an extended pause, but it could be like, okay, I'm going to have maybe a piece of pizza and different things like that. I, but I never have cheat days. Like I'm not a cheat day person. I'm either like all in or I'm like, I'm kind of out right now.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, But my gosh, what a
0: glaring example I've seen in my own life. Like, I really feel like if I'm out of balance, uh, it's so easy to get off track. So that's a big thing. If you do get off track in the process, how quickly you can get back on. Like, that's the biggest thing.
1: I think that's one of the key components of people who are really successful. Because there's not there's not a person who's going to be able to have like the discipline and the motivation to white knuckle their way to never eating a cookie ever again. Right. Or never touching a cart. So it's like, okay, you had pizza, you had 15 white claws what's what do you do tomorrow? Yeah. Like it doesn't, that doesn't matter. We'll like, probably go to
0: in and out because you're hungover. So
1: yeah. Then what do you do after that? <laughs> get your ass out and walk. Yeah. Get out and walk. Yeah. Or they take the day and stay to fast. I, that's like my, my favorite like re- reset button. Yeah. After vacations, after a long, rough weekend or something like that, fast 24 hours, put you right back in the, like the same spot. And then also, you know, like those bonus pounds you get from like a vacation or like a party or whatever else. Yeah. Well, and then we get those and then, so like, you know, you're 200 pounds and then you add your 204 and that weight will come right off. That's not fat. It's just mostly water weight and bloat, you know, but it's, this has a crazy habit. If you don't do anything, you kind of just stay in it. Yeah. You get to keep all that. So I feel like you have that, that point where it's like, okay, after the party, after the trip, you got to go right, you got to go right back to it. Get that weight right back to the baseline and resume business as usual. I think a 24 hour fast is money for that.
0: Yeah, actually I've done a number of those and I mean, it sounds crazy hard and probably the first one I remember, maybe a little bit of headache and it was like, it was really hard. You taught me some strategies around that. I mean, I've gone 30, I think as long as 36 hours fasting. I've done a lot of intermittent where I was on 16, eights or 14 dens mm-hmm. uh, and following the glycemic priming strategy, the million dollar body. body that, that, that to me was really, really helpful. Um, and I felt energized. Like at that point, it was just like, this is just, Part of my weekly routine, like it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was at a loss or anything. It just felt relatively, not completely comfortable, but like, I can do this.
1: I I like fasting to the same reason I like training. Like, and yeah, there's a lot of benefits. People will talk about autophagy and, you know, cancer reduction, insulin sensitivity, all these things, but it's just hard. It's not easy. It's not normal. So if you go 24 hours without eating, people are going to ask you about it. And you have to kind of push your foot down and be like, no, thanks. I'm not going to have that. I'm not eating right now. I'm going fast, you know? So it's this challenge that you put yourself in deliberately kind of to avoid this life of consumption and comfort right. that we're all in. And once you do it, you're like, oh, you've noticed it from the other side. You're like, that wasn't that hard? Like, look at me. Look, I got this, you know? I think that if you want to make a 24-hour fast seem really, really easy, do a 48-hour fast. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I always have everyone in phase two of the program do a, at least 148. To see how it feels. And then it really puts that 24 into context for them. Do I have to
0: be in a mud hut in Sedona to do that or can I just do that anywhere? No, we have a lot of drugs here too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with or without peyote. Um,
1: Is really, I mean, you gotta take it before you start in the fast, but there's big and peyote, but yeah. yeah. Okay. That's funny. Um yeah, I actually like the fasting.
0: I mean, to the point where I could be around people with food or that were, eat, you know what I mean, eating lunch stuff. Oh like yeah, that. because I mean, you're just
1: you're just taking little delicate sips of your moral superiority. That's right. Yeah. Mm, enjoy that sandwich. Yeah, mm, I'm over here being getting thinner. Yeah, I have more so <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well,
0: i gosh, I mean, personally, I guess like a lot of people do, I've swung both ways. So for somebody that's starting out, um, you know, you met me on my journey. One of the things I always said about, like, I got really big. I was over 300 pounds. And when I would say that to people that knew me, they're like, wow, dude, I never like, I never really looked at you that way. Like you were a bigger guy, but I never would have thought that. And, but when I kind of did the, what do they call it? Like when you're looking back and kind of diagnosing in reverse, Mm -hmm. it was really easy because I just gained about five pounds a year for 20 straight years to your point about the 200 to 204, which is less than half a pound a month. And so when I share that story, I'm like, especially if it's a room full of people, like raise your hand if you would really notice if you gained half a pound in the next month, and that's what happened to me. That's just what I did, and next thing you know, I look up and I'm like, "Holy cow!" And you're like, "Well, my metabolism crashed. I literally was a cow, like a, as big as African cow." <laughs>
1: yeah, metabolism crashed. Didn't feel good. Exercise was hard. Yeah, but it's just so it's just so easy to get like like. Like you said, a half pound a month, what does that equate to? So if a full pound is 3,500 calories. half pound is like eight hundred calories. Yeah. Over 30 days, you're talking about 180, 60 extra calories per day. That's a handful of goldfish. Like, that's not much. Not much. To be able to eat a, like 60 calories over your maintenance for, for 365 days. Easy. That's consistency on the bad side. That is, yeah. yeah. But it's, unfortunately, that's like the easiest type of consistency to have. Sure because, is. Yeah. Those comfortable habits. Yeah. Gotta break through them. Do do the hard thing. Choose choose hard. Other or it'll be chosen for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Because losing weight from three hundred pounds down is not easy. That's that's really hard, physically, mentally, emotionally. That's super challenging.
0: Yeah, losing weight sucks. Yeah, it's not fun. It just does. But honestly, as you build momentum, though, like it really makes you feel good when people start to see it and acknowledge it, or when you look in the mirror and you feel better about yourself. Mm Uh, And, and just, you know, you're, you're going through your day with more energy or there's things that you can do, like exercise you can do that you couldn't do in the beginning. And now you can do them. Like, it's just, it's very encouraging.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like so many people, when they're looking at their, their goals, they're like, I want to lose 30 pounds, 40 pounds. I want to get to this weight, do this many pull-ups, whatever. And we only look at the big goal. One of the real secrets of fitness, again, like I just love non-sexy secrets is it's not That's about sexy secrets. <laughs> it's a it, I think the cover is like this beautiful woman with like a trench coat on and she opens it up and she's wearing a full suit. Yeah, right. It's not sexy. It's not sexy. Maybe she's wearing all girls. I don't know. Yeah, work yeah. in progress. Yeah. We're spitballing here. Yeah. Um but the what like one of the big secrets is it's the micro wins. It's the little wins. It's the doing exercises you couldn't do before. It's seeing a half pound down on scale. It's enjoying your dinner that was healthy. It was doing. It was accomplishing your fast, and then you can just keep stacking those micro wins day in and day out. And every single day you're winning. You're just aggregating these wins all the time. Then you'll look up and you're like, "Oh, I got my big goal." Yeah. But if you're so fixated on the big goal that nothing else brings you happiness, it's hard to get there. It's hard to get to the point because you're not going to feel successful at all until you accomplish the big thing. Right. But if you allow those little things to fuel your success, you can start stacking those on a daily basis. Which is why I think a morning routine is so helpful. I think that's why I have people go through a, a phase one of the program in the first month so they can get these wins rather than being like, well, let's eliminate one soda. You sold other one soda for the day. Like, I want to get people something that they can look at and be like, that was a win for this week, today, this month. Yeah. Because then you can start stacking those things up and then stacking up wins up and you're going to look back and be like, wow, look how far to come. Uh, it's powerful, man. I, I was kind of the
0: dorky guy that I actually brought magnetic calendars. I started with one. put it on the fridge so I could check that box every day. And that became a sense of fulfillment. Like I didn't want to you you put enough of those check marks in a row and it's visual and it's right in front of you. You don't want to have a day where you don't have a check mark. And I I ended up having uh I bought six more of those calendars. My entire fridge was covered with magnetic calendars. I love it. Yeah. But it worked for me. I mean it was simple. Um but it worked, you know, and probably saved my life honestly as as it's unfolded in my own life to not have that weight on me. Uh, certain times. So yeah. So thank you for that. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for the guidance and the leadership on that. When you think about your personal legacy, what are the things that are most important to you?
1: I think obviously I, I like my my passion and kind of the way I've spent my career so far has been health and fitness. So I obviously want to leave a leave an impact here and an the imprint there. And I think I I've put enough out into the universe to have accomplished that at a low level. A lot of, I got like, I got hundreds of videos on YouTube, got hundreds of podcast episodes, got a couple of books out there, a bunch of those things. So, like, that's that's part of it, I think, for me, for sure. Um, but I also think that I want to be the person that will, like, you know, if my friends come to my funeral, they're like, yeah, that guy was the guy who was always lifting us up, always pushing us to do better, always helping elevate the collective, like collective consciousness. I don't know. I don't like. I wouldn't say that from like a world perspective. Yeah. But like I want my friends and family to know, know me as someone who has was helpful in elevating them and helping them reach the goals that they've set for themselves.
0: Yeah. I think they would say that about you. 100%.
1: Just, it's a work in
0: progress. Yeah, I, I think that's a beautiful aspiration. Yeah. And I think that would be true. Awesome. Well, hey, man, I'm grateful for our friendship. I'm grateful for your uh, influence in my life. It's been awesome to visit with you today. Uh, Nate Palmer, for anybody that wants to track him down on YouTube, on Amazon, on the podcast, on, Low the Car Hustle, on the internet.
1: Yeah, you can find me on the interwebs.
0: Yeah. And soon to be his uh, new book, Not Sexy Secrets. <laughs> Probably be a fun podcast, too, actually. Probably right. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm in. I'm in for that. You get a full spectrum on the guest list for that one. Right about that. Yeah.
1: Thank Most of right. it is not
0: sick, se- not sexy. By the way, I know, but that's what people don't see is the grind, the hustle. Like you mentioned with everybody before, the sleepless nights. The they only they only see the result, right? You know, they don't see the investment to get the result.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of times, you know, you see people who are you're like, "Wow, how did you get so successful?" And they're like, oh, so "It took me 13 years to go to overnight success." Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, and you don't see any of the other stuff. You well, nobody notices. Event.
0: Until you reach like a certain pinnacle or, mm-hmm. or, or certain visibility, nobody knows. That's probably what it is.
1: Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, In fact, I like that
0: quote. Nobody cares. Work harder.
1: Yeah, I love it. It's That's awesome. Yeah, well, cool. thank you for having me on the show. Hey, Have fun.
0: It was a pleasure. This was great. Uh, maybe we'll do another
1: one. We'll do a follow up. Follow up. Yeah, and we can get some of the real stories. We'll get really some of the real stories. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Great to see you, my friend. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, brother. Bye.